We're feeling fine on the mouth of the time. The Customs House Hour on Radio Shield. Good morning, it's Ray Spencer here on the Customs House Hour. Today we've got some fantastic tunes and great guests. And to start with, we'll have Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, The Night. Seasons as being a 50s group, but that was released in 1972 and didn't do very well before it was re released in 1975 and got a number seven in the charts. Now, I am absolutely thrilled to welcome one of my dearest friends and dressing room buddies who every Christmas joins me in dressing room one for what seems like forever but is only eight weeks. He is a much loved performer at the Customs House 
and he's with us this morning. Hello, Stephen Hamilton. Hello, Ray. You okay? I, I, I'm great. Good. Lovely Good. to see you. It's nice, isn't it? It's, it, been, it, it's been a while. It's been a long while. Uh-huh. You, you know we are going to talk about the show that we'll be doing together in a couple of weeks' time, but mm-hmm. um, tell me, how many pantomimes have you done now in the Customs House? Because I can't remember. Ooh. Let's have a little think. I think it's ten plus one we did at Christmas, the DVD one. The one the, that we did. So that, uh, it's ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah Arbuthnot and Dame Bella's Christmas yeah. Adventure. That was a different way of working, wasn't it? Oh, it was lovely, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I thought Jen Stevens, who does our jingle at the top of the show, mm-hmm. uh, wrote such fantastic music. And oh, I still sing them now, I, I, and I try not to because it is bad luck to sing a Christmas song when it's not Christmas. Is that right? Apparently so. Do you know you have lots of experience of singing Christmas songs because you worked abroad for a while, didn't mm-hmm. you? Bring yeah. festive cheer to people. Festive cheer, spirit of Christmas. And where was that? Where where did that? I happen? did the spirit of Christmas. It was a US tour. Um, we did St. Louis, Detroit. In fact, I'm not going to pretend that I know where I went because we were a different venue every night, but we were all over the place. It was great. And you loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then didn't you go to South Africa? Went to South Africa with the 12 tenors and spent about five weeks there, I think, in um, Johannesburg. Johannesburg? So it was all in one venue? Yeah, it it? was in, um, I think it's called the Joburg Theatre which is a beautiful venue, quite modern. Um, but, you know, when we were there, we got to go on safari, went to the big cat um, sanctuaries, things like that. It was it was just an amazing experience. And it all started for you in Shields, because you're a Shields yeah. born and bred lad. Yeah. Living in Marsden. I haven't got to say in Horsley Marsden. Hill. I haven't got to say yeah. Horsley Hill. He doesn't like to say that. <laughs> Just off Horsley Hill Square. Uh, and uh, you then went to South Tyneside College, which is where... I, I did go yeah. South Tyneside College. Um, the Hebben, it was up in Hebben, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. not, I don't think it's there now. No, the Hebben. You know, you're getting old when the bulldoze your old schools. Yeah. And then you went off to um, which... Uh, um, well, I finished Hebben. I went to um, Newcastle College, which at the time was at the back of the Tyne Theatre, which is flats now. But they now have this fantastic performing performing arts venue, but they moved it to there and then finished Newcastle. I think I took a year out. I think I took a year out and then moved to London to go to arts. Arts Ed. Arts Ed. Yeah, and we were really, really lucky to have you come back to the Customs House when you eventually stopped touring the world. I mean, it's it's where my heart is, really. And you haven't just done pantomime at the Customs House, have no, you? No, no, I did. Um, I did a lot of new writing years ago, like February Festival, that kind of thing, you know. Um, but did Tom and Catherine, Dan Dare, which was brilliant, the Tom Kelly and John Miles show. And then last, was it last year? We lost a year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. The year before, yeah. last, I'd come back and done um, Dolly Mixtures. Which was a fantastically well received, and and you mentioned last year we played it out, we streamed it out yes, during it the went darkest live, part yes. of the pandemic, and uh-huh. and it was seen by people right across mm-hmm. the country, really yeah. that wouldn't normally get to see Customs House shows. What was your favourite song from it? In Dolly Mixtures, mm. oh, it is called. I call it Dolly Mixture Permanent Fixture, but it's not called that. What is it? It's um, Dolly Mixtures. What's it called? Knock 'em dead. Knock 'em dead. dead. Yeah. 
great. Yeah, he's such a talented songwriter, isn't mm, he, John Miles? Brilliant. Absolutely. It was his birthday very recently, and we marked it at the Customs House as being the spotlight. Now, you had to choose a song today mm-hmm. for us, and it's one I've heard you sing lots and lots of times. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell me what the song is? I've chosen Michael Ball, Go the Distance, and that is from the, I think it was 1997 animated Disney feature Hercules um, but it was my first big song that I ever did in a panto it was Sleeping Beauty and the first Sleeping Beauty the first Sleeping Beauty this yes. is when you know you're doing too many panels yeah. when you start going the around first the first one when I, was, when I was very young and actually probably only 19 um, but then we did it again in Lampton Worm and it's such a powerful song it's got a great tune and Michael Bolton's vocals are outstanding. So you've chosen the version by Michael Bolton, yeah. which which is the one that's sung over the credit. The credit movie, version, yeah. Whereas the the voice actor does it in the yeah. in the movie. And this is your quiz question: mm-hmm. Who sings this song in the Spanish version? Who sings it in the Spanish version? Oh, I'm going to take a wild guess Go and say. Ricky Martin. Do you know, there's nothing he doesn't know about Disney. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing. He's Disney obsessed. Oh, well, you're right. But this is Michael Bolton singing Go the Distance. Thousand years 
was Michael Bolton with Go The Distance. It's a great song for any hero in pantomime and one of my favourite heroes in pantomime is with us this morning. It is Stephen Lee Hamilton. Stephen, what are you working with on at the moment? Um, we're looking to put together a show to reopen the Customs House. So, date for your diary, May 17th. The house is yours. The house um, is yours. And what can people expect to see in the house is yours it's going to be a variety show so it's going to be lots of nice music um some sketches i think what we're looking at together to is actually working together as an ensemble you know instead of just coming on doing a bit and a bit we actually want to get a company together and work with each other again because that's what we've been robbed of for the past however many months and only those people who perform for a living can understand that desperate need to get back on stage. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be great. We've got some great artists who you all know. Um, there's myself, obviously, Ray, you're going to be doing it. There's our dear friend, Mr. Hopper. Um, Tasha Hawes, Trish Whale, Jen Stevens, Elna Shaganis, Dale Jewett, Glenn Townsend, Beth and Amber, have I missed anybody off? You probably have, and they'll uh-huh. hate you, not me, oh, I because I haven't got a list of them in front of me. <laughs> uh, Stephen, it's always a pleasure to spend some time with you, and not long before we do a pantomime. I cannot wait. And who are you playing this year? Much the Miller's son. Yeah, yeah, you still... Your son. Yes, yes. Your son. Oh, it was a very difficult time. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming in today. Thank you for being part of Radio Shields and the Customs House Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stephen Lee Hamilton. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to see you.
So the fantastic voice of Dusty Springfield, who who left the stage far too early, and that was I close my eyes and count to ten. It was released in August 1968 and reached number four. My brother used to have a Decca record player and we used to play Dusty Springfield in the front room. Honestly, it used to be scratched to hell, but we still listened to it, blowed the fluff off the needle. Now, I am going to go from the sound of Dusty Springfield to another diva, the one and only diva I know here in South Tyneside. Born in West Road, she went to St. Bede's and then to St. Cuthbert's, which now, of course, is St. Wilfred's. Her father worked in Smith's Ship Repair Yard in North Shields. And so, what did she choose as a career? Of course, she became an opera singer. Can you believe that, somebody from South Shields? The beautiful, the fantastic, dear, dear Anne-Marie Owens is with us in the studio. Hello. Hello, lovely to see you. Mezzo-soprano. For for those of us who aren't as musical as you are, where does that go in the range of things, Mezzo? Well, there's th- uh, in the category of, of voices, there's soprano, mezzo-soprano, which is just a bit below it, which usually can be a warmer sound and not so high as a soprano. Then you would have contralto. Then you get into the, to the men, which is another phase, you know, sphere completely. Um, so you went, you so you were at school in yes. Shields, and who was it that thought, do you know what, Anne-Marie, you've got a special voice? It was the music teacher at St Cuthbert's, St Wilfred's now. Um, I was in the choir, and I couldn't read music, but they were going to do um, a production of The King and I, and she tried people's voices out, and then she found that I could sing. But it was very strange, because it wasn't a surprise I thought I could sing it's very odd my mother has had a lovely voice um, and uh, she, so I got a part in The King and I and that was I think I was 13, 14 so what was what was the part? I was Lady Tiang I was the chief uh, wife I was too too young to do Anna yeah. I think but but, um, but she has a beautiful song doesn't she? she does something yeah. wonderful yeah, yes. yeah. all yeah. about how difficult he is as a man yes. uh, something I've never recognised myself but I hear <laughs> other men can be but it is a beautiful song and it I is. bet you did it really really well so you went off to Guildhall no I no. went to the School of Music in Newcastle then oh right so you went there yes because wow. she said after I did this production she said I think you need to have singing lessons and she knew about the School of Music in Newcastle and she thought that maybe I could go after school for lessons and um, they said yes but you'd have to come here full time so that was my complete um, education was just changed completely and I went there at 16. So after that you went to Guildhall? Then I went to Guildhall in London. That must have been quite a 
different experience to go from Shields down to the Guild Hall. It was, because in Newcastle, I was... They they put on productions for me, operas, at Newcastle. I did lots of concerts in the area, which was fantastic training. And then I went to Guildhall with hundreds of singers at Guildhall. And I was very naive, I think. It was a big shock. Yes. Oh, unbelievable. I can't imagine that. Yes. The, the culture shock it would have been. Yes. But I think the people don't always understand how steep the pyramid gets then the further up the career you get in music yes yes it's correct it gets yes. more so what was your first professional role you played my first professional role um i was in a chorus of kent opera that was my first professional job but my first professional role was mistress quickly in falstaff with glyndebourne on the tour you did the tour yes i did yeah, the tour yeah. yes and that was my first and then um I went to the opera studio, which was a one-year course after that, and then I went to English National Opera as a principal, and I stayed there for 10 years. And you've toured a little bit around the world, yeah, haven't I have. you? I have. Be- I've been very lucky, yes. Can you mention some of the places that you've sang? Uh, Australian Opera, the Sydney Opera House. Wow. Um, I've been to New York. I've sung in Hong Kong, Japan, uh, all over Europe, the Paris, uh, Italy... Germany, I've sung in Munich, uh, Covent Garden, English National Opera, I've sung in uh, Chile. Goodness me. I've been very lucky. Uh, and, and that's all just to avoid the debt collectors, you've got to keep moving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know, Anne-Marie, singing is not just about, you know, when I sing, I sing in English badly, but you've had to learn to sing in so many different languages. Yes. What's the secret to that? Uh, repeat. <laughs> Maybe having a good ear, even though I don't think I'm very gifted as a as a linguist, but I do think I have a good ear to pick up uh, languages. Of course, I do speak a bit of Italian and French, but um, I think as but what is the hard work is is translating every word that you have to that you have to know about and what all of the other cast are singing as well. So that's what takes up the time and the work really. What are you doing? I, 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 neither musical or have that ear that you need for languages. You are both, and I think you're probably right, uh, Trish, um, my, my better half. She's got a really good ear for music, and she's got a really good ear for languages. I think you can. I think you usually find that singers are because they're tuned in the, to their ear. Yeah. You know, to to hear different sounds, and I think the different sounds of, of vowels as well. That's why, but language is so important to us as well. Well, do you know, we're talking about you being a singer, but we haven't heard you sing. So I, I asked you to tune, choose a particular track and you came up with the choice of? It's the Habanera from Carmen by Bizet. Well, I think we should have a little listen. Here we go. Thank <laughs> you. 
So that was Anne-Marie singing Habanera from Carmen. Uh, now, I imagine the best way to sing that, Anne-Marie, is probably with somebody riding a flamingo in the background. <laughs> Would you like why, to explain what I'm talking about? I know why you said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were very kind to invite me to be in your pantomime one year, which I, was really a highlight for me. Um, um, I've always wanted to be in a pantomime, but, and you gave me the chance to be in it, and I, I adored being in it. I enjoyed it so much, loved every minute of it. I've never worked so hard in all my life. <laughs> and after the first five days, I thought, I'm having a nervous breakdown here, trying to to learn it all but it was fantastic experience and I admired so much the people that were in it I learned so much from them how to be quick how to not to improvise because I can't do that you're the, the the master but to to be quick with lines and to make your your brain um, just react very off other people I thought it was marvelous and the last show, there's a tradition that we invent things. Yeah, yeah, we, we, last and night so, shows are the best. Yeah, yeah. so I tried to su surprise everybody and I chose this piece of music, that from Carmen, and everybody just went wild. <laughs> oh, you sang it so well. The audience went berserk. Uh, and, and, and I was riding a, uh, a flamingo. That's right. Uh, and uh, you said to me, just prance about. So I did. <laughs> I did. You see? <laughs> Oh, we had such fun. Anne-Marie was playing the uh, Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and as she said, they, um, she'd never done panto. But what you've got to imagine is opera singers look after their voice because it is their way of working. Uh, and I was speaking to another friend who is an opera singer, uh, and he said, you'll never get her to do panto. There's no way an opera singer will ever do panto. Uh, and opera singers tend to do two or three shows a week because they have to rest the voice. We do two or three shows a day. Uh, and Anne-Marie was there on the money every show with the same enthusiasm it was an absolute joy to work with her and and she tells us that she learned so much we learned so much about professionalism it's a real honor to have worked with Anne-Marie she's got such a pedigree so what are you doing now because I guess this lockdown's meant very little it has it's been it's a great shock I was very worried for my industry um, as well as everything else. Um, at the beginning, of, I've moved back to the Northeast about two and a half years ago. I decided I wasn't, when I eventually, well, I am retired almost, um, that I wasn't going to, I've lived in London 40 years, so I moved back. And um, so at the beginning of lockdown, I did have, I had just finished in December before lockdown, the Orpheus in the Underworld at ENO and that was for about three months and uh, I had a I had other work in this summer which was cancelled and then I had work just this past December January February Peter Grimes that went at, in London um, so I've started a volunteer which has helped me and I'm start I'm teaching I've got a few students at Newcastle University 
oh, just wow. singing students wow. and we start so that's all new for me mm-hmm. and during lockdown I've been doing it on online by zoom mm-hmm. and only today have I been able to go in and teach one-to-one face-to-face so I've taught two girls this morning and it's such a it's so lovely to meet them in person for a start but I just in the one the hours that they had um I got so much more done because I because we could interact I could see how they were breathing how the shape of their mouth was just the technical side of it is so much better I, I think they're very lucky because you're a very open person uh, and I think people rely on that in our business yes. to be able to see into the eyes of the person they're working yes, with. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and you will bring them all that 40 years, for goodness sake. That's what I want to do. I just want to, to give, you know, my experience to other people. And my experience is what other people have told me, coaches singing teachers directors conductors it's not what what i think it's what 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 i've absorbed from other people and i just like to give it out again to other people i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you with one question it's been a real pleasure to have you with us today honestly you're gorgeous you know i love you a bit Uh, can you tell me in your opinion who is the person of all the people you've worked with that's the one that you looked up to and thought wow they are the model that I would like to be. Maria Callas. Oh, goodness. Goodness. And you work with Maria Callas? No, I didn't. No, you just she saw da- she I've, saw ju- I've just admired her all my life, really. Yeah, yeah. Just how she, um, she worked and how she could uh, just change a character just by the sound of her voice. Well, somebody... I was listening to one of these uh, Desert Island Discs the other day and, and they were saying that the, the um, callus mightn't be technically as perfect as yeah. some other leading ladies, but the way she emotes and the way she gets the character through yes. is what she makes her She could change the sound of her voice to be a young girl or to be a mature wo- a woman um, and just the different character. She could just do it in a second. And wow. you would always hear that it was her as well. Do you know, I could speak to you all afternoon, but unfortunately, we haven't got time this morning to talk anymore. But I'm sure we will again. It's been an absolute pleasure. The lovely Anne-Marie Owen, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been lovely. <laughs> A little song I wrote You might want to sing it Note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life We have some trouble When you worry You make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry Be happy now Happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, 
happy. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. Look at me, I'm happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Hey, I give you my phone number. When you're worried, call me. I make you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl to make you smile. But don't worry. Be happy. When you worry, your face will frown, and that will bring everybody down. So don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. So that was Bobby McFerrin with Don't Worry, Be Happy. Did you know that it was released in 1988 and it was the first ever a cappella song to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? Held the position for two weeks. Brilliant. What a lovely, cheery song. And somebody who's always lovely and cheery (laughs) is our deputy director in charge of learning and participation. The one, the only... Fiona Martin. Hello. Hello. That was How a nice doing? introduction. Well, I know I, I thought I'd be offensive, but <laughs> I've met your husband and he, he frightens me. He's a big lad. He's a big lad. So <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is... The Garfield Western Culture Fund. Yeah, and we were very, very lucky to be one of the recipients of some of that funding. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, So we we applied um, for some money from the Garfield Western Culture Fund, really to think about how we would broaden our audience, and not audience in the sense of people who come through the doors and watch our shows. I mean, that would also be brilliant to broaden that, but really to think about who else we can engage with that that we don't now. So more atypical arts participants i think one of the things that the pandemic made us all realize is how awful it is not to be able to join in with other people yeah definitely and now we've stopped and thought for some people that's the case all of the time yeah definitely Uh, perhaps some of our listeners today don't get out of the house in the way they would like to or there's other barriers that stop them getting engaged so how is the funding from garfield 
Western going to help us, Customs House, engage with more people? Well, there's a number of ways. I guess the main things um, which you know we're, we're currently recruiting for is going to be two new posts. So one of the posts is going to be a digi- digital and visual artist who will work for the Customs House for a year to create really exciting, immersive digital content for our community to be able to access. So some of that might be new products or that they watch purely for entertainment and enjoyment. And some might be a way for people to get to actually take part in the arts through through these digital response and experiences. And the other post is a community engagement officer. So that's someone who's going to work for the Customs House, but really not be based in the Customs House. They're going to be out in our communities across Jarrow, Hebben, across Boldens, and also just really looking at what communities we don't currently engage with, you know, be it... Um, be it because we're having historically or be it because we used to and then the link didn't 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 continue and who what we need to find out who the people are within our communities who we need who we want to hear from because they are pivotal to making change in our audiences absolutely and change comes from people having their voice heard doesn't it and that's what we're trying to do but talking about voices being heard there's a lot of people who can't get out of the house so we've made a commitment to stream more haven't we yeah definitely we've got the an amazing black magic suite and which was funded generously by the garfield western foundation so it'll enable us to be able to stream you know almost anything from our main house and to share with audiences and it's also for people who are maybe nervous about coming out again to the customs house as well as for people who geographically love us but can't they're not on our doorstep and i think that's what the christmas show the christmas show um, really demonstrated that there's a big appetite for people to see our work but people can't always fly in from Belgium or the Netherlands or you know even just other parts of the country so I think that's a really way, an exciting way of, of helping us to reach people who, who love us but can't always be with us and we're going to also look at ways that we can do audio description and and other ways of letting people engage with what's going on on stage so it's an exciting fund to be part of really isn't absolutely it? it's some and i think every single thing that we've been funded there and um, we're going to be doing a play um which is going to be about addressing mental health issues in in children called and um, peggy pearpot by writer danielle byrne we are going to be starting a mental health choir and there's other projects that we really haven't been able to, to, to come up with yet because we can't decide everything we obviously need to speak to people who are from our communities to see what they really want and that's the exciting thing. That's what's that exciting, we empower yeah. and give voice to the community. Totally. I think what we've discovered during the pandemic is how important the community is to Customs House, but it seems to be the other way around as well, that we have a role to play, don't we? Definitely, and when the, when, you know, when the, the Customs House was closed, I know we're not you know fully operational now, but we are there as staff members a lot of the time, but when she was fully closed, people were taking photographs of her, weren't they, and sort of saying, I miss her. And I think that you know that was something we all found really affecting, and it's, it's just gonna be so good to be, to be back and working again with our communities. Well, thank you once again, and we are going to go to another track. Keep safe, Fiona, until we speak to you next time. Let's hear the animals and club a go-go. My baby found your place to go. Hangs around town at the club a go-go. Takes all my money for the picture show. But I know she spends at the club a go-go. Let's go, baby. Now let's go. Oh, I love you. Come on. 
big shot that the club will go, go. right across the country but there was a, a big emergence in Newcastle and one that really set the scene was Club Agogo on Percy Street. It opened on the 6th of July 1962 and the club promised dancing in the Latin Quarter and a place where you could go and listen to England's prime jazz groups in a luxurious jazz lounge. Newcastle blues band The Animals became the venue's first house band before finding fame on both sides of the Atlantic. The club's owner was Mike Jeffrey. He booked a host of rock's biggest emerging names for that club, including Pink Floyd, The Who, The Rolling Stones, The Yardbirds, Cream, John Mayall and The Blues Breakers, the Spencer Davis Group, Long John Baldry, featuring Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck and Jimi Hendrix. Can you imagine having those sorts of names in a club? Cause since I come home, well my body's 
across the border Ronson cover of the international hit in 2006 and I've just discovered that Valerie was actually written about a makeup artist called Valerie Starr who used to go out with Sutton's frontman Dave McCabe uh, and the story told about how she nearly lost her driving license because she was in so many troubles with the law so there you go the story behind Valerie now it is that time when we welcome to the station, Marie Campbell, our business development officer who is supported so kindly by the Sir James Not Trust. Hello, Marie. Hello, Ray. Now, this week you are talking about gift aid. Yes, gift aid. Now, I'm, I'm not, I, obviously, you hear it, you, you see it on TV, this, you know, when there's these um, charity fundraisers, they say, don't forget to gift aid. Mm-hmm. But what have you got to do? What is gift aid? What have you got to do to gift aid? So gift aid is a scheme set up by HMRC which allows tax relief when you donate to charity. Right. And it's really easy. If you are a UK taxpayer, and that is either income tax or capital gains tax, we can claim 25 pence for every £1 that you donate. And that's great. And if you're a 40% or 45% taxpayer... Yes, it gets even better for them um, because you can actually claim the difference on the tax relief. So, for example, you donate £100, we can claim £25 in gift aid, but then you, as the higher rate taxpayer, can actually claim a further £25, which you could obviously keep, or you could then donate that to the charity as well. So if you... A higher taxpayer and you donate £100 it could only cost you 75 yes yeah brilliant that is such good news so is it available for businesses as well as individuals no it's it's mainly for individuals the gift aid scheme but obviously if you are a business and you want to donate on a regular basis um, or donate at any time regular basis is lovely um, there are other ways in which that you could obviously claim tax benefits but obviously that would depend on how your business is set up and the tax liabilities that you have so what do we need because I know that quite often people make a donation but then forget to say get it gifted so what do we need to so get the gifted there's two ways you can do it verbally um so if you're talking with somebody at the customs house let us know we can then add that to your record on our system you can also do it in writing so say if you've bought um some tickets online you then add a donation if you then tick that box that says you know um claim this for gift aid purposes we can do that 
So every time they make a donation to us, it might be, you know, some money in the pot or it might be uh, when they book a ticket or it might be a fundraising thing they do. Mm -hmm. Have they got to tell us that they want it gift aided every time? No, you can do a gift aid declaration that allows you to gift aid the donation that you've just made and all future donations. And there's also a way in which if you tick another box, we can also go back four years from that date to claim any gift aid on donations that you've made but didn't tell us to gift aid. Yowza, that is a great bit of information. Yes. That could make a big difference. Well, once again, Marie has stalled us with the information. This time it was on gift aid. I've no doubt she'll come up with another bees a whiz next week when she's with us. So thanks for now, Marie. So uh, that's it for another week. Our thanks to Radio Shields for all of their support in putting the Customs House Hour together. Don't forget to tune in throughout the week. And if you're a company out there, why not advertise on your local community radio and help all the volunteers get the news and the story of your business out to your community. Well, that brings me to the end of today. We are about to play our final track and it is Eddie Floyd and Big Bird bit sad this one he was sitting in the airport in london waiting to fly back to america to otis redding's funeral and that's what inspired this track keep safe everybody until we see you next week here on radio shields